Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. And welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla, and as ever, I'm joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we are discussing the original Ghostbusters, which came out in the USA on the 8th of June 1984, and six months later on the 7th of December 1984 in the UK. So this is our Halloween special. Purely coincidental, when I actually mentioned it, that we need to do this. I just thought we needed to do a big blockbuster. And then I realised by the time we actually got round to recording it, it would probably be Halloween, since I suggested it in August. So, it's worked out quite well, hasn't it? Yeah, well done, you. So, we'll just talk briefly about um, where it used to feature in Universal Studios. So, it was called the Ghostbusters Spooktacular Show. And it opened on the 7th of June 1990 and closed on the 8th of November 1996 to be replaced by Twister. And it is now home to the Jimmy Fallon ride. So do you remember seeing the stage show of it? Yeah, I remember when you went in, they said something like, if you sit on the green seat, you'll get slimed. And I was really worried. I was like, oh, I don't want to be on the green seat. Like, if I'm on the green seat, you have to swap with me, Mum. She was like... Aww. And then we got in and then they were all green seats, you know. So I spent a lot... Actually, I spent the whole thing. I don't really remember anything. I just remember being really, really worried I was going to be slimed. I don't think you actually did get in any way slimed, did you? I don't remember I know, it at I all. I think they just said it. But, you know, I spent the whole thing being, like, really, really worried. So I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> just on edge yeah but because it, it was quite a long show as well it was about I, I don't know it felt long it felt about 20 minutes yeah, I don't it felt know even it longer was. when you thought you were going to be slimed you know <laughs> I, I mean I did see it a couple of times I think they just basically had like a tour guide that was pretending to show you round where Ghostbusters was filmed and then obviously a ghost comes out and the Ghostbusters appear on stage and Chaos ensues, as we say for every scenario. Chaos ensues. So um, I think it's a shame it's gone. You still see the car going around. You still see the four guys dressed up. I don't know if they're girls now dressed up since they remade it. Oh, yeah. And have you watched the remake? I tried. Um, I watched about 25 minutes and I was so disgusted I had to turn it off. Oh gosh, why? It was just really bad. I mean, I was angry enough they'd remade it and angry they'd remade it with women because I just think it's so contrived. (laughs) Okay. Not needed. You don't need to remake it. All you need to do is pop on the original for your kids and they'll love it. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, it's good to remake films, but... It's not really old enough to be remade. I mean, obviously it's old. It's like, I don't know, 35 years old or something. I mean, how, how old does the film have to be? 50. 
<laughs> and not a year before. Yeah, we'll kick straight off into the film. So it starts with the New York Public Library. And you see um, books moving around and files flying out of the cabinet. And a librarian spots a ghost, comes face to face with one and runs away. And then the best, possibly the best introduction to a film ever happens when the title music and the song kicks yeah, in. Yeah, I did say, actually, whatever you think of that film, the music is really good. Like, this song is really good. But I did think of it when the lady, so obviously when we first see the lady, she she starts walking down the corridor and then obviously all of the paper starts coming out of the drawers. She waits a good few seconds to notice. And I just sort of thought, are you, is she deaf? I don't know. Um, if anyone knows if she was deaf, write in and let us know. I mean, she turned around, saw all this paper go flying and then started manically running. Her reflexes weren't on point. Yeah, exactly. And I have to say, obviously, we can, you know, maybe we talk about it now throughout the film, but um, I wasn't really clear on what the issue with the ghosts were. What were they doing? So I, I didn't really understand why we needed to get rid of the ghosts. Well, for the film, I guess. <laughs> well, we... <laughs> and, like, are people aware that there are ghosts? You know, like, were people, were the people aware that ghosts exist? I don't think so, because I'm not even sure that Venkman, um, who was Bill Murray, was particularly convinced they existed in the first place, so I would say no. We cut to Venkman doing experiments, asking two young people to guess the shape on his cards. He gives an electric shock to the boy, regardless of what guess he gives. He favours the girl. He's he's a bit of a flirt, isn't he? I mean, it's creepy. (laughs) It was the 80s. It's perfectly okay for a man knocking on 40 to try and seduce a 17-year-old. I mean, she's going to put a claim against him now. <laughs> I mean, at the time she seemed to love it, but now it would be a kind of She'll one look of those, back. He did yeah. this to me, yeah. So the boy walks out and tells him to keep the five bucks. that they. I mean, that, that, even in 1984, five dollars seems awfully low. That's about... That's about three pounds for the UK people. (laughs) To be given electric shock seems quite a low, low payout. We see Ray walk in, who's Dan Aykroyd, says 10 people have witnessed ghosts in the library and he insists that Venkman leave immediately and go with him, which he does. Well, begrudgingly. Yeah, he didn't want to, didn't want to leave... Um, the young lady. The 17-year-old. We don't know how old she is. We don't know she's 17. Don't know. We don't want to go any lower, that's for sure. (laughs) We join Egon at the library, who's the man in glasses. I'm I'm describing these people for for you, Holly, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, Because I guess you didn't write down the names. And they talk to the librarian. Venkman asks if... I, I thought this was really funny. He asked if she was schizophrenic on drugs or menstruating. <laughs> when she's about 70, I thought that was very amusing. It's all right. They get signal on their equipment that the ghost is moving and they find lots of ectoplasm. So they take uh, that as samples. They see the ghost of a floating woman and Venkman speaks to her and she tells him to shush. 
So he kind of backs away, but Ray is a bit of a klutz, isn't he? Yeah. He tries to catch her, and she she turns quite gruesome looking, doesn't she? And quite scary. She she does. But for people who are really interested in, you know, sort of ghosts and stuff, I think they did really overreact. You don't see Derek Akora doing that, do you? No, <laughs> like I mean, manically, like ran out, didn't they? Yeah. So they get back to the uni that their offices are in and they're told that they are having their grant taken away from from them. I just thought, can we not have a formal conversation about it? You know, it just sort of is like, bye, you're out tomorrow. You know, do we not have notice periods? You know, it just seemed a bit rude. It was a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah. So it cuts to them coming out of the bank and Venkman has talked Ray into remortgaging his house that his parents left him. So proves that Venkman's a bit of a piece of work, isn't he? Yeah. I'm going to put it out there, and I think people will agree. I think he's one of the greatest characters in cinema. What, this character? In a comedy role, obviously. No, I thought he was an absolutely annoying character, actually. Mm. Interesting. So they view an old fire station, which Ray is excited about. I think it's quite a good place. It's all right, isn't it? Lots of room. A fixer-upper. Yeah. It cuts to Sigourney Weaver, and she bumps into Rick Moranis in the hallway of the building. He's from um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids yes. or whatever, isn't so he? So I think yeah. this was his debut role, I believe. I might be wrong, but oh. I think this was the, this was definitely before Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but I think was this was the first time we saw him. Um... He's weird, and he invites her to a party. He tell he tells her that complaints um, have been made that she left her telly on, and she said, you know, it was odd that she didn't think she did. When she walks in, it is on, and there's an ad for the Ghostbusters on the telly. She unpacks her shopping, and the eggs start breaking and cooking themselves. I just sort of thought it's weird, obviously, that this happened and that the ghost, out of everything ghosts could be doing, they thought it was appropriate to be cracking eggs and cooking them. (laughs) Right, if I was a ghost, I wouldn't be doing that. Wasting powers, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So it just sort of Mm. seems a bit... Yeah. Just think I'd, I don't know, I'd focus on bigger things. Mm, mm. So she hears growling from her fridge and she opens it and there's a monster inside saying Zool. <laughs> and then she closes it again. I, I I mean, when I watched this back, I thought, I haven't seen this film. I've always loved it, but I haven't actually probably sat down and watched it since I was a kid. And I was secretly dreading it because I thought I'm not going to like it as much. But actually, I, I did I did enjoy it. And I, I think the comedy was still there. As a film, you know, compared to some of the films you've made me watch, I didn't mind this, actually. It's interesting you say made you watch. I was I, I was thinking, OK, well, the idea for us to do a podcast came from you. You, you suggested it. The, the second thing that came from you was the concept, Theme Park Films. That was your concept. Um <laughs> I'm not sure what you thought was going to happen after we did Harry Potter, that we would just wrap up. I thought we'd get to do all of them. 
all seven Harry Potter. Yeah. And that would be it. Then maybe all all of the Transformers, you know. Right. Okay. You didn't you didn't think about what else had been historically in the parks when you said let's do all of the theme parks. No. Right. Yeah. And then um, you, but you know, you tricked me with Roger Rabbit. Okay, I did trick you, but then you tricked me back with cars. So I think we're even. Okay? Oh, you got to let that go now. But everyone's a big fan of cars. No one, one is a big one fan other of cars. One other person is. Yes. Hello, Pete, from work. Holly was very pleased to hear that, that there was a fan of cars. So hi, yeah. Pete, and thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you for supporting a great film. <laughs> I said it was quite a good cast, wasn't it, this film? Yeah, a big cast. Like, at the time, was it, you know, was it like a real blockbuster? Yeah, it was massive. Absolutely okay, massive. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it came out in the USA first, so there was a big hype over it coming out here. And I remember having the sticker book. And I don't even think it had come out when I had the sticker book. So I was collecting stickers for a film I'd never seen. Then I did see it and I was absolutely terrified of it. It really frightened me. But because, you know... How old were you? So when it came out in the UK, I was was seven. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it would be quite scary. So, um, but because everyone at school was like talking about it you couldn't say you were scared so we were probably all secretly scared but everyone pretended that they weren't scared and it was just the greatest film ever but the soundtrack more than made up for it because that song i mean it's still it's still a classic now it's a classic song and it had a great video that at the time had really big stars appearing in it to charm ghostbusters if you ever watched the video i yeah. don't know whether you would recognize anyone in the video but there's there's quite a few i think that you would still spot and uh, Columbo was in it, which is all I need. Anything with Columbo in it gets the thumbs up from me. So, moving on. We are back at HQ, and Janine, the secretary, tells Venkman to do something, and he calls her Bug Eyes, which is, uh, that just made me laugh. He definitely would have complaints nowadays. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, Sigourney Weaver walks in, and she discusses what she's seen with them. Again, nobody, when she walks in, no one really, it's like a shock that she's there. You know, she literally has to sort of stick her face right in front of the receptionist to even get a sort of, oh, hi. So Venkman goes to her apartment with her and finds nothing, looks in the fridge, nothing there. She explains that there was, uh, when she looked in it, there was a building and a monster saying Zool. He tells her he loves her. I think he's really creepy. <laughs> Do you think he's a predator? Yeah, and I just think he's like, I don't know, he just sort of seems a bit sort of like one thing on his mind, you know? I think... Um... It's a classic case of you would never write this character now. She chucks him out the flat anyway. And we... Because he was being weird. Well, to tell her he loved her that soon after meeting her was a little weird. <laughs> and then obviously the whole way through the film they keep making reference that, oh, it's your girlfriend. It's, I mean, he's met a woman. <laughs> and nothing happened. <laughs> he did look in her fridge, Holly. <laughs> um, back at HQ, they get a call. And they go out to a hotel 
in their in their gear their iconic gear and actually i will just say i've just spotted on instagram today we're recording on sunday that another podcast 20th century geek has gone to a halloween party dressed up as a ghostbuster which i thought was really a great costume it still holds up I would imagine that you would, if you were invited to a Halloween, not say that you would not be invited, but you know, if, if you anyone would, would and if, any, if I ever got any friends say. that were having a party, <laughs> you would go as a, a Ghostbuster. The only parties I would get invited to would be Rick Moranis style parties. Good food though he had, so you'd be all right. You would have liked food. <laughs> I would have liked the people. <laughs> I mean, this was it was a bit this was a manic wasn't it when they just went off shooting they're not very well coordinated or prepared ray sees slimer the ghost now i i know he's called slimer but they never mention it once in this film so i don't know if he was named slimer in the cartoon which was a spin-off or why i know that that ghost is called slimer but that's his name and again he didn't seem to be causing that much of an issue to me, apart from drinking a bit of he wine. Was... I mean, he seemed to be all right. They caused more of a mess than just having the ghost there. I think so. He just wanted to eat some room service. That's all yeah, he wanted. and then when he went down to the ballroom, he just was drinking some wine. Yeah. Venkman sees it and radios Ray, but Venkman gets slimed by the time Ray gets there. And as you said, in the ballroom, they zap, they hit the chandelier. I mean, how much money that would have cost, I don't know. Exactly. And there was just about to be a wedding or something by the looks of it. They caused a right mess. Didn't Why they? would you find... I know, I understand it's for comedy moments before people write in, look, I like the film. But why would you fire at the chandelier? Why wouldn't you just wait until he moved away? It's like if you've got a fly in the house, you don't try... Well, I don't try and hit them with newspapers anyway because I don't like doing that. But if you were going to hit it with a newspaper, you wouldn't whilst it was on the light bulb, would you? No, you'd wait till it was on the wall. You would, yes, yes. Well, what would you I would, do? I would gently try and swish it towards the window. I mean, I wouldn't really even hit it against the wall because it would stain my wall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't need to be quite so dramatic to, like, knock down the the light bulb. And then I thought they were very disrespectful, like, when he just was like, oh, I've always wanted to try this, and, like, does the thing with the um, the table. Yes. You know, you're there to do a job. Get on with it. Um, Egon explains that they must never cross the streams of their zappers. I mean, I think that should have been discussed before they went out to, to do the job. Possibly, because they could have been crossing them several times over before he mentions it. Yeah. So after making a huge mess, they managed to get him in the trap and he gives the manager a deal of $5,000, which he doesn't want to pay. But when he says that, they threaten to let it loose again. I thought they were a little unreasonable, considering the, the cost of the damage that they uh, they caused. Well, yeah, I'd be like, if I was the hotel, I'd be billing them. Now, if I came back and it was, you know, I thought I had a mouse in the house and I came back and the whole of the upstairs was absolutely destroyed and the furniture was, was mm. all in pieces, I'd be a bit like, 
you'll be getting a letter from me for the charge of all of that. Yeah, you would expect minimal damage, wouldn't you? (laughs) Yeah. So we see a montage of... um, with the theme music, which is great again, of their successes, where they're seen on Larry King, news magazines, yeah. newspapers. They're catching ghosts all over the place. In nightclubs. Yeah. I mean, literally, they are just like the uh, Joey Essex of <laughs> New York in 1984. The Rylan Clark of the Big Apple. Yes. So Winston applies for a job with them and he gets it straight away as they're rushed off their feet. Sigourney sees... Getting paid $11,500. Yeah. I googled what it would be now Mm -mm. and I think it'd be about $26,000. So I don't think that's good. No, no, that doesn't sound too good, actually, does it? Not for that job. Not And not in US dollars, because that's less than pounds, so, yeah. Yeah. That would be not, not greatly paid. Yeah. Sigourney sees Venkman and talks to him. He says that he's found history on the name Zul, and he flirts again, and she gives in, and they agree to meet on Thursday. Ray shows Winston around and a bloke turns up from Environmental Protection Agency and wants to see where they've been storing the ghost and Venkman refuses. Egon uses a Twinkie analogy and explains the psychokinetic energy in New York is unusually high. If usual size is a Twinkie, the psychokinetic energy is the size of a 35-foot Twinkie. Which is quite, quite large, isn't it, for a Twinkie? They're quite sickly, just the normal size. It cuts to the scene of what Sigourney saw in the fridge and something appears to be coming to life, like a statue kind of thing, doesn't it? But I think before this bit, we've missed out. Have we not missed out something? We have missed out. We've missed out the bit where it looks like a ghost is about to to do something to one of the characters. <laughs> so this was during the montage scene where I think it was Ray, Dan Aykroyd. Yes. He's... Um... The ghost is being rather friendly with him one night and he's not stopping it. Because it like un- it undid his belt and then, mm. I mean, we didn't go, we didn't see that much detail, thank God. But, you know. <laughs> well, in the extended <laughs> version, the 18 version, it's a little racy. It was just so bizarre. Like, I just didn't even understand, like, what was going on and why it was needed. Oh, it was funny. We're so PC nowadays. Did you, did you think it was weird? Yes. Did you notice it? I did. It? Okay, okay. I noticed it this time. I don't remember ever picking up on it as a kid. It did, I don't... Oh, no. But, but then what would you... You'd probably just be like, oh, he's undoing his trousers. You know, you wouldn't You wouldn't think, oh, they're undoing his trousers to do this. I mean, maybe we're just... We've, maybe we've just got dirty minds. Maybe the ghost was simply undoing his trousers to help him sleep better maybe you felt he would be uncomfortable in those trousers yeah maybe maybe it's me that's thinking something else went on 
dirty. <laughs> so yes, we go and Rick Moranis uh, bumps into Scorny Weaver and he's having a party. She kind of avoids it. Uh, in the flat, a monster pins her to her chair. And again, this was very weird when they, the arms were just popping out of the sofa. And then, yeah, dragged off to the fridge. The fridge plays a big part. It never got credited, which I think is unfair. Was it your favourite? It's, it's my favourite my favorite household appliance in this film. <laughs> or any film in the 80s come to that. Only second to the washing machine in Mr Mum. Back to the party, and uh, I thought this was quite funny. A giant demon dog-type creature jumps out of the cupboard and Rick Moranis flees out of the building but is chased after it and he's like banging on on a restaurant window no one's taking any notice of this poor man and why couldn't he get in <laughs> what kind of why. restaurant is this <laughs> yeah sorry once you're in you're in and we will not open the door until you've eaten all of your meal and then you'll be let out at the same time. So, unable to find the door, he gets attacked outside the restaurant. Meanwhile, Venkman arrives for the date and is told by police someone bought a cougar to a party. (laughs) Which I thought was funny. Sigourney opens the door very seductively very again odd for a child film it's a little bit it reminds me i mean a bit of you know of alien in that weird scene when she's in her underwear <laughs> that was in there for no reason yeah please listen to our alien episode probably not if you're a big fan of alien but if you can you know if you can take a joke please have a listen to it because i still there's still some unanswered questions in that episode if you can help us that'd be great um so she asks if, if he is the key master and she says that she's Zool, the gatekeeper. So he kind of goes along with it at the start of it and I think he thinks it's some kind of saucy role play. But then he, he obviously is a little bit freaked out himself. I thought it was quite funny. The banter between them was, was quite amusing on this scene, I felt. I'm surprised he didn't try. I I thought good for him that he he didn't want to try it on with her because I thought knowing what he was like, I'd have thought he'd have just done it anyway. Absolutely. So she levitates off of the bed. So it's all, it all gets a bit creepy. And we cut to Rick Moranis running around saying that he's the key master and he's looking for the gatekeeper. The police take him to the Ghostbusters HQ and because they say they don't know what to do with him. Which is nice they take him there, I think. I think so, yeah. Although possibly I would have taken him to a psychiatric unit first. So they wire him up and try to get information out of him. But the environmental geezer comes back with a warrant to shut down the um, the protection grid. Which I think, you know, obviously you're going to shut this thing down. Where do you expect the ghost to go? I didn't really... I wasn't understanding what their point was. So we see a montage of how the city is going into chaos. 
Uh, you see Slimer's gone to a hot dog cart. I mean, all he wants to do is eat. He is a harmless ghost. Just give him some food and he's happy as, isn't he? And it sort of seems to, like, even when he was drinking that wine, I mean, it seems to just go straight through him. So it doesn't really matter, does it? Recyclable. Yeah. He's, you know, very energy efficient. We see a zombie taxi driver, etc. So the Ghostbusters are thrown into jail and Ray explains the building Sigourney is in has some spooky properties. The designers um, kind of did rituals or something in there. I think it was nice that they got in prison that they allowed them to take um, <laughs> all of their stuff with them that they needed. That was nice of them. I'm not sure many prisons provide a desk. <laughs> Especially in the holding area, a central one where they can just get get to their business still, which is really nice. Mick Moranis finds Sigourney and they kiss, as obviously he is the keymaster and she is the gatekeeper. The mayor speaks with the Ghostbusters, and a priest is called in. Venkman convinces the mayor to let them deal with it. On the streets, the road starts to cave in and the Ghostbusters fall down it. Don't really understand why they fall down it because the only purpose is to them to climb back out again. Like, if nothing happens, they fall down a hole and get out. Yeah, good good uh, bit of cinema there. Yeah, it doesn't move the plot along, does it? <laughs> they go into uh, Sigourney's building and walk into the fridge scenery. Sigourney and Rick are turned into demons and Gozar appears, which turns out to be in the form of a girl. Ray tries to talk to her and says if he's not a god, and she, sorry, she says if he's not a god, he must die. I mean, I think we've established for all of Venkman's faults, he is the best talker. So I don't know why they let the buffoon that is Ray ever speak to anyone. Mm. Because the other guy actually says, when someone asks you if you're, if you're a god, you just say yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, what were they hoping? You know, oh, honest is the best policy. Just say yes, you know? <laughs> yeah, just, just go along yeah. with this. So they think they vaporised her, but a voice booms out saying that whatever they think will happen will appear and destroy them. So they all realise they have to clear their minds immediately. But Ray, who, quite honestly, I know he founded it, but he's a liability, isn't he? But I thought this was a good idea. What, that he thinks of a marshmallow man? Yeah. Well, that, he wasn't, it wasn't intentionally a good idea, was it? He was just thought, he thought of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Does that actually exist? Is that an American... I mean, obviously, I know now you see it, but I don't know if that existed prior to Ghostbusters or if they just made up, like, a Ronald McDonald character. Oh, no, it is. It's a fictional character. Oh, it was... You're Googling, are you? Yeah. Yes, it was made up. Okay. There you go. Thank you. Not a problem. Egon says their only chance is to cross the streams though there's only a slim chance that they will survive this. However, it works, and they're covered in marshmallow, but they're I okay. Think, 
I think the marshmallow man's lovely. I remember there were lots of cuddly toy marshmallows in the eighties. Mm. So yeah, he was he was quite sweet, wasn't he? Yeah. We find Sigourney and Rick, and both of them are okay. And this is weird because obviously she's sort of like in the dog or something, is she? Yes. Sigourney and Venkman kiss. The theme song plays. Ray smokes. The crowd cheers. And it's just a perfect ending, isn't it? Apart from what was weird, can I just point out, is when they're up on the rooftop and obviously they're all covered in marshmallow, Mm. um... The two main characters aren't covered in mars aren't covered in marshmallow. The girl. Oh, okay. Because she was inside that dog or whatever, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, she was. She took protection inside of a dog. But when they walk downstairs, she has marshmallow in her hair. Oh. How does she have marshmallow in her hair? Maybe it's maybe it's floating in the atmosphere. I don't think so. Marshmallow's sticky. <laughs> you know. I, I don't know. Just things like that bother me. Mm. It's things that people look over normally. And yeah. Didn't. Yeah. But, you know, I enjoyed the film. Yeah, I mean, this was one that you've put off for a long time. You were dreading watching it. You really didn't want to watch it. Actually, it was quite good. Well, we've had a lot of love for it online. It's a... It's a real crowd pleaser, this film. So we're going to do Instagram first this time because we always go straight to Twitter. We've got Waffle Sunday Pod says our host loves both of these. He named his brother Raymond after Ray. That's bold, isn't it? Letting your child name their sibling. Oh, yeah. Because when I was a kid, I was about two and my mum and dad got a budgie and they let me name him and I called him horse <laughs> so imagine if I, they'd have had like another child and said Carla you name it and I would have had like a sister called horse or what would you have named it what's your fa- like what's your favourite film again Back to the Future Oh, God, of course, it would be called Marty. Well, no, I don't know. I mean, if it had been when I was really young, I would have called it after a member of Bucks Fizz. Undoubtedly, it would have oh. been called Cheryl, J, Mike or Bobby. There's there's no question that would have been its name. <laughs> Up until about the age of eight, that would have been firmly my sibling's name. Or maybe hyphenated and have all four. Why not? Oh, dear. Um... I think there's a lot of pressure naming a child. I think so. Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I was talking about it. One of my friends is uh, is pregnant and we were discussing that you've got to give it a strong name. If you name a child, I don't want to say any particular names in case we offend someone, but some names just say victim. I agree. And also, though, I think you need to be a bit like have a name which is nice or a little bit different that you don't want to go to school and have everyone have the same name as you you know like, but equally you don't want to go so weird yeah that you know you're trying you're trying to be so different and everyone be like oh god like who do you think you are the kardashians you know like you don't want to be there 
I think like a nice name like Sebastian would suit. I love that name. That is my favourite. That is my favourite boy's name. Because it can be, you know, when he's a teenager, he can go to Seb. When he wants to apply for things, when he wants to apply for jobs, he can be Sebastian. I just think it works. Yeah. I agree. So on the same wavelength. We're so different and so alike. And then other times, yeah. we're just on the same wavelength. Yeah. Some things we just agree on. I was thinking, and I think we agree... Like latte. Oh, don't. Don't get me started on, on people that say latte. <laughs> Listen to our outtake show to hear a full-on rant about that. Ridiculous way to pronounce it. I think me and you agree on social and political issues, but our actual taste in things are different. I think that's that's where it comes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think actually the things we agree on are the most important things yeah. in a friendship. Absolutely. Because the other stuff is just, it's fluff. Yeah. Like we can disagree that, you know, you will probably, my music tastes are never going to be the same as no. yours. That's it's fine. It's okay. We can live with that. But political views, I mean, people get very heated about stuff They like do. That. And thank God we, we are on the same wavelength. <laughs> I mean, but obviously going back there, they're a fan, obviously, oh, yeah. of the film. Yeah, yeah, big their, fan. yeah absolutely. Yeah. At Daisy is my duck 85, says, The Ghostbusters is a classic. I've watched and rewatched it more times than I can count. It's a move, movie I will never tire of watching. At Zoe Newman 78 says, Was I only six years old when this came out? Zoe, you were because you're a little bit younger than me. I must have been older when I saw it, but I remember it bleeping me up. And then she's put in brackets, you can bleep me if you need to. <laughs> Thank you. I did. <laughs> At Sandy Shark says, this film is so cool. I watched it for the first time last year and I really liked it. Great movie. So you see, it's not just you that's watching it for the first time. New, new fans all the time. Yeah. At Dan and Cody Podcast says, a monumental film for all ages. Just as funny as it is scary at times. Special effects are on point too. An amazing cast. It's Luke B says, I love this movie. It has a great cast and so many memorable moments. This is one of the best, if not the best, comedy horror films ever made. And then we go to someone we haven't heard of in a while, but um, someone we go way back with at Pizza Party. There he is. Says, one of my all time faves. I love every part of this movie. You two have very similar tastes on films. We do. Me and Pizza Party 575. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's your favourite. He reminds you of me, doesn't he? Maybe. <laughs> Over on Twitter, at Nerds Chatting says better practical effects than the majority of major motion pictures released with today's CGI fests. Library Ghost scared me to death as a kid. At Brendan Guile from Nerd vs. World, please go and check out their podcast and indeed everyone else's podcast that I've mentioned. It is in my top five films of all time. Absolutely brilliant film that manages to both entertain, amuse and terrify me when I was a small child. 
So not just me that was scared. Obviously, everyone went through it that's of a similar age. At John Dredge says rubbish. Thank you, John. John, always rely on John to give a bit of honesty. John is from the Dreadcast podcast. Please go and listen to them. I absolutely love them, even though they don't like Ghostbusters. I'd like to know why they why they. I don't know, John. When you listen, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know, and I'll get Holly to look at it. At Ben Idiot is says shouldn't have worked yet one of the best films of the eighties. Many memorable, quotable lines, and it's constantly in my friend Nate's top 10 films of all time. And then we've got Nate replies 100%, top five even. At movieguy11316 says one off, if not the first comedy horror hybrids. Still remember seeing it with my dad as a kid and I still love it. Ariel Jane says one of my favourite childhood memories. And at Full Starts Podcast said, had it on double VHS with Ghostbusters 2. So did I, Full Starts Podcast. I had the double pack. I remember getting it one Christmas. Uh, He goes on to say he lent it to a friend and he moved to America with the VHS and I never got over it. Well, you know what, Full Starts, don't worry, because uh, American VHS players couldn't play UK VHS. But is that just worse for him? Well, or at least you know that it was wasted. That, that that he didn't get any pleasure out of it. I think so. Take small pleasure in that. It was a crime that didn't pay off for that person. So all in all, I think that's one of the most shout-outs, other than possibly Alien, we've ever had for a film. Yeah, everybody can listen to this podcast on Halloween. They absolutely can't they? can because you've given me a whole. Ooh, five hours to edit and get it out in time so thank you not a problem always <laughs> testing you always setting me those goals do you think it's a shame it's no longer um featured in the theme park do you think that it needs to you know have a little nod still there or are you happy that do you think twister was worthy of replacing ghostbusters no I think it could easily have a ride. To be honest, I think what they could do or what they should have done is mm. never put Men in Black in. And um, yeah, and maybe you have to shoot. In. You have to shoot at Slimer and yeah. and things. That would be that would work, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then at the end, you can squirt mm. that Slimer, um, and then oh, some water like squirts that. on you. Yeah. Sorted. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, as much as I, I like the film and I did like it was featured, I don't think it was a particularly amazing attraction that represented it. But it is a shame that they didn't do more with it because I think it would still be popular now. But anyway, you can still see the car driving around. I didn't spot it when I was there this year, but um, I have seen it with various pictures online. So you can see them. So, you can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films, on Facebook, Theme Park Films Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Theme Park Films, or you can email us, themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. We are also the proud owners of Britpod Theme, which is a collective of British podcast. Please head over to our Twitter account at Britpod Scene. Everything we retweet is from the shows that we endorse 
and definitely head over to the Facebook page, which is run by Stacey of Rough Giraffe Podcast. On behalf of me and all of the members of Britpod Scene, I know we all love and adore Stacey, so please go and check out her podcast at Rough Giraffe. And I think that's it. If there's anything else you need to add, say it now. Great. Thank you very much for listening. Have a happy Halloween if you celebrate. And we will see you in the next one. Bye. Theme Park Films podcast is part of Britpod Scene, a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. <laughs>